The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. I'm Rob Steele, and he's Todd Vandenberg, but he's on location. If he sounds kind of weird this week, let me rephrase that. Weirder than normal. But that's okay. It's Todd. We hey. love him. Okay. We've, uh, we have got a lot of stuff to get through this week, but I have to start off with what I think is the funniest news story I've read in quite a while. And it has to do with a movie that we both hated, that being Cats. Andrew Lloyd Webber, the guy who created it in the first place, was interviewed this week, and he said that the Cats movie was so bad, he went out and bought a dog. I thought that was so damn funny. (laughs) So uh, that's a hint right there. Um, Moving on a little bit, the only other news story I'm going to throw at you is that uh, Agatha Harkness who was a main character in the WandaVision series. I can now say Emmy award-winning WandaVision series. Yeah. Uh, she's getting a spinoff, which is interesting because I've been rereading a lot of the old Fantastic Four books and she was Franklin's nanny. Franklin yeah. Richards, the, the son of Reed and Sue. Um, I didn't realize she was, I knew she was in the books. I had forgotten that aspect of it. It could be interesting and probably an entrance for how to, her, how to get the Fantastic Four in, hint, hint. Could be. They I have, think that would be good. They have lots of companies, that's for sure, but that's certainly a strong one. Basically, so, the really good news there is that that character is getting a spin-off series, which totally deserves it because it could be hilarious, could also be terrifying, probably will be both. It's hilariously terrifying. Yeah. Which is kind of a description for moving from one place to another that you've never been before, which goes right into the first movie I wanted to talk about. And this is just a brief thing. And yes, I do have a personal tie to the movie. I'll get to that in a minute. It's called Wheeler, which apparently came out in 2017 and I somehow missed it. I was pointed at it this week by a friend of mine. It's on Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, you don't have to pay anything else for it. Yay. Um, Basically, it's Stephen Dorff as a guy named Wheeler who moves from Texas to Nashville for the purposes of starting a country music career. Now, if you've listened to any of our shows, you know I am not a fan of country music. But I watched this anyway, and this was actually, the way it was done was almost documentary-like. With just, uh, Wheeler had a friend who had a camera that followed him everywhere, so it was very documentary-like. And one of the best scenes in this movie involves a guy named Toddzilla. Yeah, <laughs> that that's what I've called him for years. And yes, I do actually know him. Uh, if you've ever driven into Nashville and seen the billboard with the guy who has the very tall hair. Yeah, that's him. The purple guitar. That That's him. Toddzilla. He's very cool. Uh-huh. But he works in a music store in Nashville. And there was a scene where Wheeler needs to get a keyboard. So he is sent to the store where Toddzilla works. And, and Zilla explains that uh, the way it was brought up to him was Stephen Dorff came in and said, can we film a scene in your store? And he said, sure, why not? And the thing about this particular scene was, I, I, I'm not sure if there was an actual script, but it was so genuine. It was, it, it was just... It was a reality scene. There, it, it did not seem like anyone was 
reading lines. It just seemed to flow, which was such a wonderful thing. And Todd, love you, not an actor, great singer, great guitarist. (laughs) But if you watch this scene, I would actually give him the Oscar for best music store clerk or whatever. I mean, and the whole movie has that same feel to it. I'm still not liking country music, but if you want something refreshing and genuine, Wheeler came out in 2017. It's on Amazon Prime. Knock yourself out. It's a good movie. Even if you don't like country music. I'm just saying. We'll put Zilla and his height and the height of his hair. That'll make sense when you see him. You'll go, oh, he has big hair. And it is addressed. It's kind of funny. Um, We'll put him among the, the... Rookie acting gods. See? See, that that's as close to a segue as I'm going to get to where Todd's going. So, along with those gods, along with a god who is Toddzilla, which is, I've also been called Toddzilla, although I don't have big hair and I certainly can't play the guitar. And I have never been a music store clerk, but I have been a video store clerk. <clears throat> I would That'll like do. to talk about a couple other people who went along with the gods. Literally twice, because there are two films, both along with the gods. The first film, along with the gods, The Two Worlds, this is, depending on uh, which particular moment you're uh, accessing this, this might be available on Hulu, it might be on Netflix, it might be on Amazon Prime, it's definitely available on Amazon Prime, but it might not be free, you may have to rent it. But just check your favorite streaming services. So this came out in 2017, coincidentally. I don't think it was on a double bill with Wheeler. That would be really weird. But this is a South Korean film, and it's a story of the afterlife. A firefighter loses his life saving people, because that's kind of what happens to firefighters, unfortunately, at times. They save people, they die. He is accompanied to the afterlife by three guardians, or maybe they're Grim Reapers, because after all, they are escorting souls to the afterlife. And they have to take him through seven trials. These seven trials will determine if he is able to ascend and be reincarnated, which would be good for him, of course. Uh, Assuming he wants to be reincarnated, he's not too sure if he wants to, but you'll figure that out when you watch the film. The Guardians have a vested interest because if they can ascend a certain number of souls in the time that they have been allotted, they can then be reincarnated instead of be condemned to eternity in hell, which is not fun. And there's lots of hells in South Korea. That's a very fun uh, Asian thing. There are many, many hells. So he has to go through these trials, the seven different hells, to see if he's worthy of being reincarnated. So lots of CGI, really, really good CGI, sometimes... Not huge budget films have less than stellar CGI. I'll just put it that way. I don't think this had a huge budget, but you would never know it from looking at it. The CGI is excellent. The script is excellent, which is even more important because there's a lot of really cool things going on as far as the drama of it and the action of it and the comedy because there's a lot of comedy to this show. So I think it's show movie. Let me put it that way. Movie. 
so basically, you're, you're following his path of whether or not he will be able to get through these seven trials, whether or not he will be reincarnated. And again, there's some issues as to maybe he doesn't want to be because he didn't have the best life, which is why he's being challenged through this. There's a little bit of maybe some subterfuge going on between the three guardians because they have their own agenda going on. And there's some history among the three and not even sure about what that history is because two of them have had their memories wiped. You're going to find out a lot more about them in this sequel, which is along with the gods, the 49 days. The 49 days comes up because they have 49 days to get their charges through these seven trials. If they don't accomplish those seven trials in 49 days, the clock runs out. At this point, and without, without spoiling the first film, this second film picks up immediately, and I mean immediately, like literally from the scene that the previous film ends. Pick right up. Now they have a new charge to take through to see if they can get this person through the seven trials. This person is related to the first that they had, had to take through. This film also has a lot of comedic moments, but it's definitely darker than the first. We found out a lot more about the three guardians. Turns out that they have a very interesting backstory. So while the first film was pretty much about the fireman and his family issues, and he had some serious family issues going on. So it's, it's a, Pretty deep emotional movie, despite the fact that there's a lot of humor to it. This film is even darker, and it's about the relationship, as much about the relationship between the three guardians as it is about the next candidate for ascension. So it's a darker film, it's a more serious film, still has a lot of humor to it. And there's actually more of it takes place in the modern world because it jumps back and forth between, I should say, the real world. And, and the the afterlife. So it's not quite as funny as the first one, but it's not supposed to be. Definitely has its level of humor. Definitely has uh, more emotion to it. More, uh, more sorrow to it. There's some really, uh, really interesting things going on in both of these films, really. Uh, highly recommend both of these. They are, again, the first one is funnier, is a little bit lighter tone. The second one is darker, more serious. Still, I'd say you could say it's a comedy fantasy. But both highly recommended, 2017, 2018, along with The Gods, on lots of different streaming services. The first time I watched them, I actually saw them on Canopy, which is one of Canopy with a K, which is one of the services that a lot of libraries around the country are tied into. So check that first, then check Hulu, check Netflix, check Amazon Prime. If you can't find it for free, buy them because both of them are totally worth it. Terrific films. Really enjoyed those. Uh, wish I'd had the opportunity to see them at the theater back when they came out. I don't believe either one of them had a U.S. run. Certainly not in most theaters, unfortunately. But Along with the Gods, The Two Worlds, Along with the Gods, The 49 Days, highly recommended. Well, you see, it's good that you have highly recommended things because the next two things I've got, I'm not going to recommend them at all. <laughs> we watch movies so you don't have to. Oh, geez. And that's exactly what this was. Okay. Starting with, <clears throat> oh, dear, two DC Comics products. Uh -oh. One being a movie. Now, 
if you've listened to us before, you know that we are really big into the DC animated movies. They normally do a really good job of them. This time, they did it an injustice. Maybe that was done (laughs) on purpose because it's called Injustice. If you are familiar with the the comic series, which turned into a video game, or the video game, which turned into a comic series, I think they came out at the same time, so it doesn't really matter. That's what this is, only in a movie form, and boy, would it have been better if they had used cut scenes from the video game. Mm. All right, here's your premise. The Joker has escaped. What? Again? No, can't be. Yeah. And he's combined uh, kryptonite with the Scarecrow's fear toxin, gives it to Superman, who then thinks he's being attacked by Doomsday, the large monster that killed him in some comic books. Um, and he so he takes Doomsday and flies Doomsday up into outer space where Doomsday can't breathe. Doomsday then dies. Then the hallucination wears off. And that wasn't Doomsday. It was Lois. Oh, dear. And the unborn baby she's carrying that is Superman's. Oh, dear. And Superman killed them which makes Superman snap. He comes back to Earth, kills Joker, and starts up a pretty much a dictatorship globally that Batman says, no, you can't do that. And oh, good, the Justice League has this big, massive in-war. There's your premise for the movie. Now, this is very R-rated just on the premise. Come on, Superman kills his own wife and and unborn kid. Yeah, it's going to be an R-rated movie. But... (laughs) Oh, my God. Let's start with I absolutely hate the way they drew Batman. And not every not everyone else is not much better. I my biggest complaint, my biggest complaint. And this sounds so stupid until you see it. Then you go, oh, my God, it is whenever anyone makes a fist. I understand they're supposed to be shadows. They are not supposed to look like air vents. Everyone, whenever they make a fist, has air vents on the, all of their knuckles. I don't know. Wh- it looks like the air intake on the front of a Camaro. That's what they all look like, and I don't know why. Um, it does have a few good lines from this, the books that were in it, like, Batman, what's wrong with you? You're standing with villains like Bane and Killer Croc and whoever that guy is. It's Calendar Man. I think that's funny. Or uh, Harley Quinn's line of, uh, we're in the Arrow Cave when she's been kidnapped by Green Arrow. It's a story. I'm going to recommend skipping it. But so (laughs) we're in the Arrow Cave? Yeah, but arrows don't live in caves. Why don't you call it the Quiver? And Green Arrow just kind of goes, that is a considerably better name. Thanks. I think that's (laughs) funny. The rest of this, there are plot holes all over the place. Uh, Atom, the very tiny one. Ends up on Batman's side, so he Batman launches a plan, throws Adam into Superman with a small shard of kryptonite. But Ra's al Ghul, who is on Superman's side, question mark, really, um, finds a way to kill Adam. But the kryptonite is still in Superman's brain. We just kind of casually forget that part. But, you know, they brought Ra's al Ghul into this. Why didn't you put Lois in a Lazarus pit? To bring Lois back to life and save the whole freaking storyline and save us from having to look at this shoddily drawn Batman. It, it, really it's really that bad. I, I am going to highly recommend that you skip this one. Did they 
did they forget his ears or <laughs> no it's just, i don't know what it is there it, it's heavily inked and it 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 just looks it, it's it's almost like he's covered in the air vent knuckles it just does not look good. The series i've played the game a little i've read a lot of the series and it's dark and yeah I, I, the fact that it's dark doesn't bother me it's just that like you said it's too much of it just doesn't make sense. It's like they wrote it, well, let's make it dark and without having real reasons for it to continue to be dark instead of just, uh, I mean, I like the premise. It's a cool premise, but it's like they got the premise right and then they just kind of did whatever the hell they wanted to do from then on and they didn't really plot it out. Oh, oh, you want something that's from DC and not plotted out? <clears throat> let's look at the third season of Titans. <laughs> I keep hoping this well, is going to turn out good, and parts of it do, but I keep being mostly disappointed. <clears throat> there was a section in, in a one of the later episodes where Commissioner Barbara Gordon, because Jim is apparently dead, really? Okay. Commissioner Barbara Gordon is arrested for shooting a fellow police officer, whom she ordered specifically not to shoot civilians, but he was shooting civilians, so when she shot him, oh, nope, she gets thrown in prison for that. I'm sorry. N no, that's not the way that works. Um, the whole premise of this season is the Scarecrow has somehow resurrected Jason Todd, who was killed by the Joker. Ooh, killing joke? Could be. No, that was Barbara. Barbara, who was shot, and the spine thing. Death in the Family is where I'm thinking. That's where they started this with. Sorry, I got my bat titles confused. Whatever. Somehow Scarecrow ended up with Red Hood as a henchman, and they've infected Gotham with a drug that turns people against good guys. Well, you know, that might have worked as a plot line about seven or eight years ago. It doesn't now, because right now, if you look outside, people get upset at good guys without a drug, See the orange twat we had as a president not that long ago. I'm just saying. I was going to say, this, is this set in Gotham? Yes. I figured it was set in Gotham. So since when has Gotham been a hotbed of people who respect authority anyway? I mean, you they never don't. would have had to have a drug to do this because Gotham is a dark place. That's why they need Batman. You wouldn't really need a drug to make people... Or a lot of flashlights, but yeah. yeah. But like I said, there are good, there are some good bits in this, but they are so few and far between. Frankly, it's not worth it. It's on HBO Max. If you have HBO Max, good luck. You should have cut your losses like I did when they had Robin tiptoe down the stairway. And so the actor was tired. That's when I knew. I know. I keep wanting it to be good because I like the characters, but they keep not doing good. Well, when the writers don't know what the hell the characters should be doing, it's time to stop watching the show because that character was no longer Robin, and none of those characters are actually the Teen Titans. So good luck with watching. Wonder Girl episodes. got killed with a telephone pole in season two. Come on. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Definitely glad I cut my losses. I'd rather be <laughs> eating squid. 
That's as close as to segue you're, as you're going to get. Squid is a good thing to eat. Uh, there, there is no squid in the Squid Game, though. However, not that I can recall. There might be. But there, might there be. is a squid in the Hunger Games. games. There is a squid in the Hunger Games. Um, just... And <laughs> this is very similar. I, I would imagine if you are listening to us that you you are aware of the movie series the hunger games or the book series you're probably aware of battle royal you've probably heard of the film parasite hopefully you have because it did win best picture uh, a couple of years ago deservedly so think of those all combined into one property so you have the gross economic inequalities and that is a huge theme in this series you have a battle to be the last to survive that is definitely a big part of this series. And you have the competition of the Hunger Games. That's the Squid Game. So this is a South Korean drama. So it's available on Netflix all over the world. One, actually not one, more than a few articles have said this is currently ranked number one on 90 different, 90 different countries on Netflix. Wow. Not just ranked number one in the U.S., which it is. Not just ranked number one in South Korea, which it is. 90 different countries. I wasn't aware Netflix was even in 90 different countries at this point. I, but, I know I can't name 90 countries. But ranked number one in 90 different countries. So let's just say it's popular. We probably could have talked about that pre-pro. Hi, Ted. Wow, it was late for that comment. Regardless of the popularity, because... We've got a lot of stuff to get through. Sorry, Ted. Something's good. This is an excellent series. So the premise is the guy is really down on his luck. He's burned through money. He's desperate for money. He's taken out big loans. Loan sharks are coming after him. And a guy hands him a business card. And... Kind of tricks. Actually, the guy slaps them, and they start kind of a fight. And it's just a game. It's like, oh, how many slaps can you take? I'll give you money for every slap you can take, blah, blah, blah. So they go back and forth, back and forth. Then he hands them the business card, and it's an entree into this competition. If he wins the competition, it's just a series of kid games, he's told, which is true. He'll win a lot of money. I think it's about $38 million is what it translates to. $456 million won. Or maybe it was a billion. I can't remember what the exchange rate was. But it's a lot of money. Let's just put it that way. However, to win that much, you have to be the only competitor left. There's only six games. Shouldn't be a problem. They're kid games. The first one is red light, green light. Simple, right? On paper. Just led. Stop. Light is green. Go. Problem is, if you're still moving in this version of the game, you get shot and killed. That's how this series starts. Simple kids games, but if you lose the game, you're dead. And I have a couple friends who are interested in watching this, but aren't going to watch this because it's really violent, really brutal. Because when someone gets killed, you get to see all the explicit gory details. Like, oh, look at those little chunks of brain. How cool is that? So, yeah, this is pretty (laughs) graphic. Material. I honestly, it didn't bother me because I kind of like gross, gory stuff, sad to say. But I really would like them to release a sanitized version, and I usually don't like that. But so many people would like to see this that just aren't going to. 
and they would get a lot out of it because the violence is not what this is about. This is really about the competition between the haves and the have-nots. That's what it's about. That's why this is getting so many people hooked because that's kind of a problem in the world is we have people with billions of dollars, people who like Facebook shut down and <clears throat> the gentleman who owns the majority of the stock and it lost on paper because he didn't sell because he would be stupid. He had on paper, he lost $7 billion in his net worth because that's how much the stock dropped. Wait, I mean, Probably got it all back well, already. Yeah. You know, so when you're at that point where people have unconscionable amounts of money, so much money that they'll take joy rides into space. And again, all for space exploration, all for that. But to show off is like, oh, I'm going to be on the ship. It's like, why do you need to be on it? No, it's not calling attention to the benefits of it. It's calling attention to the fact that you have a huge ego. That's what it's calling attention to, you bunch of morons. Yeah. So that's what this is about, about the competition between the haves and the have-nots and how desperate people can be. <clears throat> Parasite definitely was about economic inequality. That's what that show was about. The Hunger Games was too, for that matter. And so it frames this concept in a much more visceral, and in this case, really visceral way. But it's a fascinating character study. It's, it's if you can get through the gore, or if you enjoy the gore, it's a great thrill ride. And it gets extremely emotionally deep as you go along. Particularly in episode six, I was shocked by the turns that this show took. When, because you're watching these characters and you learn more about the characters. And again, obviously, the premise is some of these characters are going to die because that's the whole setup. You really get emotionally invested in this and you get some real uh, blows to the gut <laughs> in this series. So, yeah, it's entertaining, but it's also has a lot of depth to it. Um, Currently, the last I read, there are no definite plans for season two, although it's absolutely set up for season two. Uh, will there be a season two? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Season two. Clearly, there's going to be a season two. By some, by some reports, this is the most popular series Netflix has ever had. Ever. I'm not surprised. They've had some pretty popular series, as you may have know, as you may know. So. Yeah, there's about a tiger. Mm. <laughs> there's something about orange is the new black. I mean, you know, it just goes on and on and on. And so the fact that this and by the time it's cooled off, it certainly will be the most popular series they've ever run. So for a drama out of South Korea, an extremely bloody drama out of South Korea to achieve that. I think says a lot for the quality of the show. If again, if gory graphic violence bothers you, not for I, you. I don't know. Maybe just try to cover your eyes a lot. I mean, you'll know when it's coming. <laughs> so there's no jump scares. So, but it's so worth watching because the acting is so good, the plot is so good. There are so many interesting twists throughout this. A lot of interesting twists throughout this, I'll say. 
definitely worth watching. Uh, I'm not saying it's not this. I can't say it's my most. Um, my favorite limited series ever, but top 10 definitely. Really, really good. <laughs> Highly recommend the Squid Game. And again, it's on Netflix. I apparently almost anywhere in the world. So. Well, let's see that going from one series to another. This one on Apple TV. Uh, we're, we're still watching The Foundation, episode four of the eight season story arc, <clears throat> which, by the way, has been officially renewed for season two. Episode four. Here we go. The Anacreons are invading the Foundation. Very, very slowly. Tune in <laughs> next week for probably more. Uh, moving on to the What If finale. <laughs> I'm serious. Wow. That's all there was to it. That's so, it. There was so, nothing else. Of, so, the of teaser, any... so the teaser at the end of the last episode basically is the next episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Well, I'll watch it nonetheless. <laughs> I mean, it was interesting, but I kept going, are we going to move on anywhere? Come on. Wow. Well, they've got eight seasons, so. <laughs> Maybe they can get back to the book at some point. Um, <clears throat> it's on to what if. On to what if. Um, the season finale finally tied together all the other episodes that we've seen of this so far, where the Watcher goes and gets the main characters from each of the previous stories to confront, to confront, to confront Ultron. They confront. They confronted him. All right. Well, what happens when you put confront, confront and Ultron together and hand it to a dyslexic? Oh, confront. Got it. Um, now, there are a number of things that irked me about this episode. What? Me? Irked at a what-if episode? No, can't be. Yeah, how about things like they mentioned that thing I mentioned before, that the stones don't work in other dimensions. They mentioned that in this. Um, another question I have, why get those heroes because if you're going through across the multiverse to get powerful characters you ha literally have access to everyone i i get thor fine powerful character you can get the hulk get the fantastic four they're used to this kind of thing get hank pym he created ultron in the first place in the books i'm just saying get galactus you know, uh, there are so many other things. You, I, I didn't mind that they get tied it all together and, oh, look, it, there's a nice happy bow on the season. But at the same time, there are parts of it that don't, that should make sense, but don't. That's my view. What do you think? I I think they could have done better. I, it, it's dropped down from the penultimate season a bit for me i wasn't as disappointed in it as, as you've been which kind of mirrors the whole track from it you've never gotten yeah. over the captain carter thing basically is no what no there are thousands uh, of captain carters in the u.s military they all don't have shields i'm just saying she doesn't need it I'm, I'm, I'm she's got a shield because she's a badass they're not all as anyway. buff as she is <laughs> anyway, I, I liked the resolution, the ultimate resolution. I liked that a lot the, the battles that they had. Um, we didn't even mention it, but 
in the previous episode, the the little shout out to Galactus that they had with, with Ultron eating a uh, particular. I think it was a system, but yeah. A system, I like yeah. That. I was thinking I was I was thinking I wasn't sure if it was a solar system or or a galaxy. It might have been a whole galaxy. I mean there was a lot of stuff that was there. Yeah. But. That, that that was a beautiful little uh nod to Galactus. So I love I love that. So back to this episode. Could things have been better? Yeah, but I'm not exactly sure what I would have changed. I haven't given a lot of thought to it. But Overall, I thought it was a satisfying end. I love the fact that they brought in the zombies. The zombies didn't have a major effect, which, why would they? Makes sense. I yeah. love the fact that, oh, it wasn't the zombies. It's with who came with the zombies. That was cool. I would have liked to have seen a little more between those two characters than we got, though, because we just got kind of a quick payoff to that, which kind of makes sense, but still there needed to be more. There needs to be more there than than what we got. But overall, uh, I liked how a lot of it mirrored uh, the battle in Endgame. Um, you know, the different cutscenes between the different heroes taking their shots uh, and how the team split up and they had their own little assignments, which was a very Avengers kind of thing to do. Uh, overall, I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Uh, I'm very glad it didn't fall flat on its face because it certainly could have done that. Let's put it this way. It wasn't the uh, latest version of the DC animated universe. Oh, and how sad. How sad is that? That now the tables have turned where Marvel is putting out better animation than DC because that Actually, has like never happened. I, I'm going to say better stories, but I'm not going to say better animation because I'm not particularly a big fan of the way What If is being. I'm not even going to say drawn. I'm going to say create generated. Well, I'm fine with the animation, but I'd it's much not rather horrific, have, and it's a hell of a lot better than Batman and his air vent hands. So I would much rather have eh, animation and great stories than the reverse. Because if the story sucks, I don't care what it looks like, and unfortunately. Is is DC is the person in charge of DC animation? I don't know. Do they have like a split personality? Because I think what it is is because they have they, some really good shows, and then they have some utter dreck. Um, Bruce Tim, I don't think is in charge anymore. I don't believe he is either. But but they occasionally come out with something really good. The Long Halloween. Yeah. Long so Halloween how exactly? How exactly do they manage to produce things like the long, the long Halloween, both parts, and then they'll turn right around and put out crap justice or look at Batman in this 70s kung fu movie. It's really, <laughs> really, really odd. So based on that and based on what a lot of Marvel animation has been in the past, I mean, it's not been bad. But it's never really been good either. Not, never had anything near the quality of DC animated stuff. Right? And they still haven't. I'm not saying what if is like that. But comparatively speaking, right now, they're even beating DC in the animated Which arena. Is and that's pretty sad for DC. I mean, get, your, get Bruce Tim back. That's what you need to do. Absolutely. I mean, that's what's astonishing is how often did we say when when they were bombing in the live action is like uh 
don't you notice what you guys have been doing in the animated shows? Just have Bruce Tim in charge of your. Uh, he could have been their Kevin Feige. And they decided, nah, let's just, I don't know, wander around for decades and not know what the hell we're doing. And now they're even doing it in the anime. And that's sad. Yeah. Anyway, what if I liked it overall? I really liked it. You. It wasn't as bad as I'm making it out to be. You tolerated it. <laughs> I, I, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll admit I watched it. I won't highly recommend it, but you know what? It it's there are certainly worse things you could be watching. You know, I wouldn't even say uh, I would highly recommend what I recommend. I recommend it uh, of the Disney Plus properties by far the least uh, must watch well it's not a must watch whereas everything else everything else that they put on disney plus is like oh my god have you seen this what if it's like yeah if you have time watch it it's pretty cool but it's you know, not, i do oh have one god. more thing that i am going to recommend yes please and uh, <laughs> it's not something i was expect. I'm, i was trying to come up with a segue for it i don't have one i watched no time to die the last of the bond movies I guess we should mention that, shouldn't we? Considering it might be the biggest movie of the year. It it, it could be, although I don't know. There there have been a couple other movies that might might be in the same category. Uh, anyway, the Bond like film clocks in or? at a whopping two hours and thirty eight minutes. And the opening credit sequence isn't until 24 and a bit minutes in. So I'm going to break our 15 minute spoilerless rule on this one. <laughs> Not by much, but that's just so we can get somewhere with this. The opening action sequence is basically a flashback of a character we don't know, a sex scene, a visit to Vesper Lynn's tomb, because who doesn't have Ooh. a tomb these days? Yeah. And then the chase scene that has, I think, Every action shot from the trailer is in this scene. Okay, sure. Starting off with a bang, and it does even answer the question, is that Sean Connery's Aston Martin? And the answer is, yeah, it is. I'll save you the trouble. We're still before the opening credits. It's not a spoiler. Although I will say that those were the smoothest Italian roads I have ever seen. <laughs> considering they're cobblestone i am quite impressed um now this movie does actually suffer from what i call bond theme meaning that the theme song should not be used in a car chase because everyone's going to fall asleep at the wheel that's just a thing that happens with all bond movies i i that, that that's my thing that i like least about bond movies is that the theme song never works as a theme you're going to hear in the movie However, after the opening credits, it is now five years later, which confused me for the rest of the movie. Because I'm wondering if that means it's now 2026 or were we 2015 earlier and it's now 2020? I don't know. And you know what? It frankly doesn't matter. I was quite happy by a cameo as soon as we come back from Hugh Dennis, who we pretty much should know from Mock the Week. I just went, hang on a minute. Is that Hugh? Oh, my God. Hugh's in this. How cool. Um Basically, the plot line for this, which we haven't really gotten out much, um, is we think Spectre has stolen Heracles, which is a new massive biohazard toxic super drug that 
kills people based on their DNA. And my first thought was, oh, good, we're back to the MI2 plot. We're not. <laughs> it's it's different than that. Um, but now we're at the half hour point, which I'm not going to spoil anything else major with. You are going to find out very soon that Lashana Lynch should be taking over this franchise. She plays a character named Nomi. And we find out that it has been two years since James Bond has retired and Nomi is now a double O agent. She's double O seven. Bond is retired. Do not, do not, do not rename her Janet Bond or some asinine thing like that. Let her stay Nomi. You can still call them 007 movies. Keep them going with that. She's a great character. I think it'll work. Um, I have got such bizarre notes on this. Like I noticed in the background of a scene that had Q in it that he's working on a Pagani Huayra. I would love to see that in a film because if you know that car, oh my God, it's fast. And it looks like a spaceship. So, hey, cool. Um, One thing that I did uh, hear going in And I would like to point out that this is one of the least intelligent things I have ever heard about any critique of a movie was that the Bond girl in this film is not pretty enough. Okay, first off, it's Anna de Armas, who I was unfamiliar with. She's she's gorgeous. But if you're watching a Bond film for the purposes of seeing a pretty woman, you are obviously not taking advantages of the services broadband is providing. And I know you have broadband. You know how I know this? You're tweeting that comment. Yeah. So don't give me that crap. Uh, Felix Leiter is in this. I was interested to find out that Felix Leiter is also an exception to the I before E rule. Um, (laughs) Because that's how it's spelled, and it it doesn't follow the rule. Anyway, uh, Rami Malek, I think, is probably the biggest disappointment in this movie. Not him himself. The fact that they wasted having Rami Malek in a movie. Uh. Um, Yes, he shows up in that flashback at the beginning of the movie. He's on screen for almost a minute. We do not see him again until an hour 15. Yes, I looked at my watch. And we don't even really get him as the main bad guy until two hours in. Uh, um, so th- he's an underdeveloped villain. We don't get that much of a story as to how he developed his evil empire. Uh, we do get a prison transfer scene with Blofeld that is frankly creepy as hell. Something to keep an eye out for. Um I think the, the the worst thing about this film is the bad guy who has an artificial eye that doubles as a USB drive, basically. It it doesn't quite look as bad as I'm making it out to be, but you're going to look at him and go, what is up with dude's eye until they take it out later? And you go, oh, this is the guy Rob was talking about. Yeah, that looks stupid. Other than that, I think this actually is the best Daniel Craig Bond film. Oh. Yes, over Casino Royale. And yes, even though they wasted Rami Malik. So, no time to die. Good well, movie. Like- go see in a... Th- it's, I don't think it's coming out on a streaming service yet, so go see it in a theater. Although... I'm going to end with this. 
No Time to Die is a great film. And yes, we've given you other stuff that you can watch at home. And I'm going to recommend that over No Time to Die because Corona is still out there. And No Time to Die is only in a theater. And while there's no time to die, it's not worth it to die going to see this Bond film. But if you want to, wear a mask. Try to stay six feet away from everybody. Otherwise, stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, And on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Hey, who turned out the lights?